I would ask you to join me every Sunday, 9 to 12 to noon. Last week, I went through the book of Matthew, and I went through the seven years of tribulation, beginning in the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. The tribulation, the time that Christ said would occur in the years before His return, a seven-year period of time divided into two segments. And before the two segments of the tribulation, there would be a time that would precede the tribulation or the 70th week of Daniel. And it would be called a time of sorrows. With each segment in the book of Matthew chapter 24, there will be signs that that will make it clear that we're in, for example, the time period before the seven years begins, the first half of the seven-year period called tribulation, followed by the second half of the seven years of tribulation called great tribulation, followed by a 30-day period of time in Daniel chapter 12. It will be a 30-day period of time and in that first In that 30-day period, this is when the resurrection will occur. And somewhere in there will be the destruction of Babylon the Great, the harlot. Then, following the destruction of Babylon, at the end of that 30-day period, there will be a 45-day period that remains. Also in in Daniel chapter 12. And in that last 45 days, you will have many fulfillments of prophecy in that time. So in each one of these four segments that I just mentioned, and the fifth segment being the time before the tribulation, each segment, there are prophecies that must be fulfilled in those segments. In the time of birth pains and sorrows that precede the tribulation or the seven years or the first half of the tribulation. It's, um, if you're not familiar with the terminology with what I'm presenting to you, you may have a difficult time following what I'm saying. I know that many young Christians, uh, even some, Older Christians, through their lifetime, have never paid attention to eschatology, the study of the end times. And you may not know what I'm talking about. You may not understand what the tribulation period is, or Daniel's 70th week. You may not understand that the 70th week, a seven-year period of time, has two segments, a first and a second half. And before that, you have a time of sorrows, and birth pains, which Matthew talks about in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 through verse 9. Then there will be, after the seven years of tribulation, 
or Daniel's 70th week. Again, Daniel the prophet in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, says there will be a 30-day period and a a following 45-day period, totaling 75 days. In each of these segments that I'm presenting to you, there are specific things, prophecies, that will take place. Once the prophecy has been fulfilled, it is history. In the time preceding the seven years of tribulation, then, well, well, not then, but in the seven years preceding the tribulation, there will be two major events that I focus on. Number one will be Psalm chapter 83. This is when the nations surrounding Israel will attack Israel and try to uh, eliminate Israel and the Jewish people. That is Psalm 83. Then, also in that time of sorrows and birth pains, you will have a second major a sign, which will be Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. This will be the destruction of Russia and a company of nations that move into the Middle East to occupy Israel. So those two major wars, the war in Psalm chapter 83 and the war in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. In the war in Psalm 83, Israel is attacked by all the terrorist groups and nations surrounding Israel. And Israel is victorious in every one of the battles with the terrorists in Lebanon the terrorists in Syria, the terrorists that are in Israeli territory in the West Bank, terrorists in present-day Jordan, uh, all the way from the northern part of Jordan where Amman, Jordan sits, all the way south to the Gulf of Aqaba. Also, there will be forces uh, out of Saudi Arabia to the south and the west. Then jumping straight to the west toward the Mediterranean, there will be the Palestinians or or the ancient Philistines that will be in the present day Gaza Strip. And Israel will be victorious in the wars and the battles with these groups that surround the present day Israel. She'll be victorious. I'm believing and have been observing Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, I believe he will be the prime minister that will take Israel to these battles, and he will be victorious. Israel will eliminate all of the terrorist threat out of these nations. Israel will take the princes or the kings or the important people that rule these nations, especially in Damascus and Syria. Israel will take many of what I would term nobles as captives 
they will be imprisoned. As angry as the world is going to be when Israel is victorious over the terrorist groups, the world will also uh, complain that Israel has taken these nobles or ancient princes and has them captive. Well, uh, the nations won't be able to do anything about it. Israel will keep them and uh, make sure that they do not have any say as to future attacks on Israel. When that war is concluded, there are things that will happen in the war in Psalm chapter 83. Israel is going to invade present-day Jordan and occupy that territory, all of Jordan. It's a massive, massive amount of real estate, bigger than the nation of Israel presently. So Israel is going to be West Israel and East Israel. And what will divide the two areas will be the Jordan River. But Israel must take that area to fulfill prophecy. I want to jump ahead. For those that aren't familiar with Bible prophecy, for your sake, I will introduce this to you. There's an area called Petra. And an area that is the wilderness referred to in the scripture. And during the middle of the tribulation, and remember, it's a seven-year period of tribulation, a, the second half being great tribulation. So there will be tribulation, great tribulation. When I speak of seven years of tribulation, always keep in mind, when I present a seven-year period in my thinking, and you need to think the way I'm thinking, there will be a first, second half. First and a second half. The first half is tribulation. Hardship. The second half is great, great hardship. Hardship to the point where it is extreme hardship. But then following that second half of the seven years comes a third period of hardship which is called wrath. The wrath of God. And it is in the period of wrath where Babylon the Great, the great harlot that has deceived the nations that has murdered the people of the nations, this great Babylon the Great, the wrath will be poured out on that nation without measure. And that nation will be completely burned. There will be nothing in that land. Now many Christian Bible teachers have stated that when Babylon the Great or Babylon of ancient Nebuchadnezzar was destroyed that that Babylon would never be occupied again well that is not true that area where Nebuchadnezzar along the Euphrates has always been occupied the verses ta that talk about an end time Babylon 
being destroyed, it is destroyed forever. It is completely destroyed. It will never exist again. Pardon me. So the end time Babylon is destroyed during the period, the beginning period of the wrath of God upon the nations. Going back to the period of time before the seven years begins, you have the time of sorrows and birth pains. It's a time of hardship, of distress. It's a time that's uncomfortable, but not like the first half of the tribulation. And again, in that period of time, there will be two major battles. Each each of the two battles, the purpose of these battles with Psalm 83 is to destroy Israel. The second battle, greater battle, with a multitude of nations from a distance will be to destroy the Jewish people and occupy the land of Israel. Two major battles. When you see Israel victorious in the first battle, know the second battle is coming. And when the second battle is concluded, Russia Russia will be no longer uh, as a, an army. Russia will no longer be an army. Sorry about that. I keep bumping my microphone. Russia will be eliminated. There's coming a time. There will come a time when is when Israel and Israel in the second battle. That battle will be a battle in which God Himself will have to intervene and uh, protect Israel from the, the great, great armies that are coming to destroy and occupy that area. So this gives you kind of an overview of the last seven years, the time of wrath <coughs> following the seven years, and the time of sorrows and birth pains that precede the seven years. So the seven year period is sandwiched between time of sorrows and the wrath of God. The reason I feel that uh, I need to present it this way is because there's going to be an explosion of Bible teachers and prophetic people that are going to begin, that have already begun, actually, to dissect, to take apart the prophecies of our time. And the prophecies specifically in the time period of Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 and forward. And there's going to be many of these teachers that don't have the scope 
of the scripture, of the events that are happening presently, that have happened in the past, and they're going to interpret the eschatology and the prophecies of our time in a natural way. They'll, they'll, they'll study it, see it, have a view of it through their mind, through their natural abilities. doesn't necessarily mean that they see things with a complete overview of what is presented in the Bible. Um, it'd be like uh, there were Christians who were talking about end-time prophecy in 19... 10, 20, 30, and as they began to, or in, in the early, uh, let's say, 1910, they saw the horizon, the wars in Europe. They began to talk about Armageddon. It didn't happen. They talked about Christ returning at any time. Same thing happened in World War II. They saw what was developing in Europe. Europe thought that we were at the, at the end of the world. No. Or at the end of, not the world, the cosmos. There is an end of the world. The end of the world means the end of the cosmos, the end of Satan's rule over the nations. So to say the end of the world, if you present it that way, which I do oftentimes, I need to slow down and say that when I present the end of the world, I don't mean the end of the societies of the nations. I imply my, uh, what I'm implying is there will be an end of Satan's rule of the nations that he's ruled for 6,000 years. And many Christians say, no, Christ is ruling the world. Well, no, it doesn't say that Christ is ruling the world until... Revelation chapter 11 where the kingdoms of this earth, the world become the kingdoms of our Lord and our Christ. That happens at his second coming at his return a second time. But prior to that, even Christ uh, told in the book of Matthew uh, Satan said if you will bow down and worship me I will give you the kingdoms of the world meaning I, the kingdoms, the devil was saying the kingdoms are in my hand. And uh, Christ didn't, didn't uh, refute that. He said, no, I will not fall down and worship you. So the kingdoms of the world, the cosmos, are in Satan's control presently. But some of the teachers of the land have always stated that no, Christ rules supreme. No, he doesn't. He rules in his sovereignty presently, but he, the kingdoms are not in his hand. He is not yet inherited. He's the heir apparent, but he has not yet inherited the kingdoms of the world. Not till Revelation chapter 11. So when I say the end of the world, I mean the end of Satan's rule of the nations. Many Bible teachers 
especially those that are, and you watch, I will tell you, the money to be made, I mean, there's always always been an opportunity for the pastors of this land in America to take positions in the pulpit to make money, to have power, to be esteemed, to be great. But there's another windfall coming. It will be through these new group of young Christians who feel that they're going to take over the mantle and rule the churches, give direction to the churches, and they will interpret prophecy according to their own understanding, limited understanding of true of the truth of the of prophecy. It's I'm watching it happen already. And this is another indicator that Paul mentioned in Second Thessalonians chapter two about the coming apostasy. Another uh, another indicator of apostasy is when these individuals expound on the scripture and they present their doctrine, which is many times inaccurate, present their theology, which many times is inaccurate, inaccurate, and also their eschatology, which is not in line with the whole of the scripture. Like I presented to you in chapter 24 of Revelation, I emphasize this, that chapter from verse 4 and forward is talking about the last decade. And what will happen in that last decade. Then, when the the, uh, Christ returns, then chapter 24 and 25, they go into parables. The parables of the wise virgin, the parable, parable of the sheep and the goats. And this is not discussing the sheep and the goats, is not talking about or presenting to the reader anyone in the church or in Israel. It's talking about unbelievers, not Hebrew and not born again. The church is gone. The church is raised, resurrected in the first 30 days after the great tribulation ends, after the seven years of tribulation is over. That is in that 30-day period is when the resurrection takes place. Now there's only two corporate peoples that God has to judge. Israel as a nation and the the, the heathen, the Gentiles. This is how clear Christ is in Matthew chapter 24 and then when he goes into the parables also in chapter 25. This is talking about now the parable of the ten wise virgins, five foolish, five wise. Now that is speaking to the body of believers in Messiah. That is who that is talking about. So he is talking about those who are faithful and those who are unfaithful, those who during their lifetime 
purchased oil for their lamp, their soul. And those who are unfaithful, unwise, foolish, both go into eternity, but half of them, the five wise, they go into the millennial kingdom where they are given uh, the wedding banquet. It's, it's a, a, a banquet. It is a, what's a better way to phrase it? It is a, an awards banquet where they are given their awards and where they are honored and where they are seated. Christ will seat them at a table and at that table He serves them. The greatest among you shall be servant of all and He will serve these faithful believers. The unfaithful, it says that they go into an air, a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth outside of the festivities. But they're His people, they're the children of God, but they're not at the awards banquet. They are outside. The foolish virgins who never bought oil for their lamp, and they wake up late, late, late before the call of the bridegroom. They wake up too late. And once they wake up, or they come aware that they don't have enough oil in their lamps, they try to buy oil from the five wise virgins. And the five wise virgins say, No, you're not taking my oil. Go buy oil for yourself. Buy from those that sell oil. Oh, what does this imply? I, I sell oil. I sell the truth of the Holy Spirit. I'm selling uh, doctrine as accurately as possible and theology as accurately as possible so it will help you see God, see God, see God the Father like He really is and the doctrines of Christ and what He spoke to His disciples as clearly as possible and then eschatology. Eschatology is the way in which God warns his people. And and uh, <clears throat> I'll give you another verse. This is out of Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Certainly, Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the God who has a faithful army, a army that is that is thorough, an army that is uh, dedicated to Christ and His ways and His kingdom. Surely the Lord Sabaoth, who has this army of faithful overcomers, He will do nothing. In other words, when He decides to bring judgment and end things with the society or with the people, he won't do it until he gives the insight and the secret counsels to his servants, the prophets, who he calls, he handpicks. And he gives these individuals a message for the time. Uh, there were prophets that gave message for the all the times in the past through the pre-Christ world. 
There were prophets at the time of Christ. I'm going to go to a break. I'll be back. I'll tell you what, I'll resume uh, for the break in just a few minutes. Or probably in another 40 seconds. Then I'll go to break and I'll have a short period during the second half of the program, this first hour. And then we can resume uh, in the second hour. Now I'm trying to remember where I was. The Amos 3.7 Surely I will do nothing until I reveal my plans and my counsels and my coming activity with mankind to my servants the prophets. Without warning them, I will do nothing. We'll be back in a few minutes. Are you prepared for a power outage? Never be left in the dark again. Wagner Electric has proudly partnered with Generac to provide long-lasting generators for your home. We have standalone and portable generators in stock now. So give us a call for a free estimate at 970-800-3693. If you are constructing or upgrading your home, trust our expert electricians to take care of your home the first time. We offer services for anything from wiring an unfinished basement to wiring a newly built pole barn. Your electrical system is the heartbeat of your home. So don't risk it and give us a call today to get started at 970-800-3693 or visit us at wagnerelectricco.com. We are located off Highway 85 in Greeley at 1517 2nd Avenue. Wagner Electric sets the standard. This is Rick Rodriguez. Christ said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Join me on Sundays from 9 to noon for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program on 1360 AM KHNC. Wagner Electric has the generator to meet your needs. Call now for a free estimate, 970-800-3693. We have everything from standalone generators to portable generators in stock. There is also financing available. We also have an outstanding service department that will offer anything from wiring a pole barn to wiring in new smart switches to create a smart home, as well as electrical inspections. Please call us at 970-800-3693 or visit us at our website at wagnerelectricco.com. We are located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley. Wagner Electric sets the standards. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. Oh, happy day. Okay, I'm back with the second half 
of the first hour of today's program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. I will uh, continue with Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing until He reveals His objectives, plans, counsel, strategies, and judgments and punishments coming. Before He does this, He reveals it to His servants, the prophets. Generally speaking, the prophets would tell Israel in, in, the, in those days when punishment was coming and they would they were crystal clear to Israel this is why your punishment is coming because you are worshiping idols because you're apostate because you're drunken because of your lifestyle because you won't listen to what God has to say and because of that you are going to be punished. And your fields, the wheat, is going to mildew on the stock. Or beasts are coming in as plagues. Or there's not going to be any rain for your harvests, for your growing season. Or there's going to be famine. And there will be other nations that are going to come and take you captive and take you out of your land to distant countries. This wasn't a good word. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, there were, they were the pre-exile uh, prophets. They warned Israel that they were going into captivity. They were going to be exiled from their land. But then they would each later give a thought and present to the children of Israel that yes, there will come a time in a distant land you will repent, you will cry out to God and God will bring you back to your land. And He will restore you and your crops, your herds will be healthy, your, your, your uh, grain will be abundant your cattle, your your sheep will be always pregnant. They will give the fat, the best. Uh, you'll have milk, milk and honey. You'll be prosperous. But they would be warned again. But you will eventually become apostate again, and God will punish you. But it's okay. He will bring you back again. In our day. In America, there are prophets. And the message of the prophets is that tribulation is coming. The message of the prophets is that there won't be a pre-rapture. There will be a rapture after the seven years of tribulation. Not before. In the first 30 days after the Great Tribulation has ended, then you'll see the sign of the coming of the Son of Man. And with we believers, we will see 
God is about to judge this end-time Babylon the Great, this harlot, this woman, this prostitute, for all the evil, for all the death, murder, suffering of the nations of the world. And we will see the coming judgment of America. And just prior to that judgment, that will be what we would call, we sense the presence of Christ coming. We're not going to be here to see His coming. We are going to be here to experience His presence when He is near and when He calls us to the clouds. Now, once these wise and foolish virgins, once they have been judged, the wise will go into the kingdom, the foolish will go into outer darkness, and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then, from the air, we will watch the judgments. We will watch the wrath of God poured out on the nations, <clears throat> upon Israel and upon the Gentile nations. We will watch from the air as things develop and the nation and the armies of the world begin to uh, as they as they begin to descend or uh, move into the conditions or into the Middle East, into the time of Armageddon. We'll witness that, but we will have already been judged. We will be in our new bodies, in our eternal state. So, the prophets, the true prophets of the land, are going to warn God's children about the hardships to come. The false prophets will tell God's children, don't worry, you're going to be taken out of here. If God takes you home through natural causes, that may be a great, great blessing to you. <clears throat> but if you think you're going to be taken from your responsibilities, you see, each one of us as believers, we have been given responsibilities. There is something that Christ has given to us that we're to invest. Talents. We are to invest these things for His kingdom so that we can, Christ will have a return and that we can be enriched with further abilities. Christians don't realize this. We think we're just here to pray for blessings, financial blessings, jobs, homes, cars, the best that the society offers, but we don't want to pay the price to be faithful to the gifts to Christ, to grow, to invest what He's given us, our time, our energy, our abilities naturally to further the kingdom of heaven. This is what we're to do. The prophets, the true prophets, will tell you that the conditions internationally for the time of this coming son of perdition, the conditions are right. Something's coming. Something we know, we sense in our spirit. Something is happening. We can't deny it. We can't ignore it. But we want to ignore it. And we hold to the refuge of lies 
Uh, you see lies like the children of Israel in Isaiah 28. They made lies their refuge. They believe that they're going to be able to make a, a deal, an agreement with the coming Antichrist. And with that agreement, they will be protected from the wrath of Antichrist that will be poured out upon the nations. So they, that thought, that belief becomes a refuge, something they can hide in, something they can, that keeps them from punishment, keeps them from what could happen, which they don't believe will happen. We believers in America, we have lies that we have believed that are, that are our refuge. Believe that you don't have to grow. You don't have to mature. That's a lie. You make that lie your refuge. That you're Christ forever and He'll take care of you. Well, you are His forever. You are. But remember, what did you do with your life? What did you do with your time? How did you take the gifts and the talents and invest? This is what many Christians are fully unaware of. They don't know. They haven't been taught that they are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And there they're going to pass through fire. The prophets of the land that see things from the clear biblical perspective, these are the individuals that you want to go to to buy. The wise virgin says, no, you're not going to have our oil. Go to the exchangers. Go to those who sell and buy oil for yourself. You have time, many of you, who are beginning to have the revelation and God's opening your eyes and you're having a reality check. You have time to buy the Holy Spirit. You have time to invest in learning the anointing that you have through the Spirit that is inside of you. You have an anointing. You have an unction. You have these, these senses deep within your being. And you can learn to live by your Spirit. This is why I began initially with the verse that they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Not in a lie. Not in a belief that is errant. You have to carefully pick your teachers. You have to. You don't have a choice. This is a time right now where you want to pick the men that God has raised up, that God has called, that have been ordained to help God's children grow in their eternal soul. This is what we are to do. We are to look for those people that are true ministers called by God, that have the Holy Spirit upon them, that take Scripture, theology, doctrine, eschatology, that have studied, have taken the time to test Scripture with Scripture. You take a thought, 
but you better find that thought elsewhere. Compare a thought with the other the other things presented in the scripture to make sure that what you believe is also throughout other verses somewhere in other books, whether it be New Testament, Old Testament. God is not going to do anything until He reveals His coming punishments or chastising to the children of God in the seven churches. And the punishment coming to the nation of Israel that is apostate, far from their Lord, from their God, who also are worshiping idols, who don't take their religion and the worship of their God seriously. They think he's taken a vacation. Then, the judgment that is coming upon the Gentile nations, it's coming. The prophets will clearly explain to these three corporate peoples that the time now is where all three are going to be punished at the same time. There are judgments coming on the unbeliever, the believer, and Israel. The prophets see this. They understand it. They don't look at things from a natural perspective. They see things by how God worked with Israel and the New Testament believers in our period in our in our in the last two thousand years. The ways of God never change; they don't change. The, uh, he dealt with Israel a certain way, and we think, well, now we're in the New Testament times. He'll deal with us in a different way. Well, to some degree, yes. He's dealing with us because we have the Holy Spirit within. But that doesn't mean he doesn't chastise. He chastised Israel for their apostasy. He will chastise those in the body of Christ for their apostasy. These ways don't change. They stay the same. It's just they did not have the Holy Spirit. We do. God spoke to the Old Testament prophets audibly. He speaks to us through His Spirit, through His Word, in many ways. But He does speak to us. There are men I'm watching in America who are thinking, hey, we're gravitating, the church is gravitating to think the, the, the people in the church, the body, the family of God, are they're beginning to think, we might be in the end times. And they're not going to listen to pastors who are saying, we just have to be nice people, we have to be good to our neighbor, to one another. The Christians that have any depth to them are seeing, wow, we're watching prophecy take place. We know there is an, uh, a son of perdition that must be alive. And they're beginning to pay attention to eschatology. Well, guess what these pastors of the land are going to do? They're going to switch from a simple gospel message to eschatology, to study of the end times, to prophecies, 
of the end times, to their interpretation. One of their interpretations is that America is not in the Bible. I promise you, they're going to begin to fight for that. Another one of their prophecies is that uh, the churches, you know, are going to be taken. We're going to be out of here. Uh, and then others are going to say, well, I don't see, we know the Christ is coming, but we can't see that presently. We can't see any proof that he is near, that he is coming. We can't see that. But the fact is, they're beginning to sense that the family of God is starting to wake up. And this is one of the prophecies in the scripture. There will be those people in the family of Christ that will begin to wake up and they will begin to distance themselves from many of these, oh, what would you say, very flamboyant, charismatic teachers that have no depth. And they're going to start sensing those who have depth and experience with Christ and those who it's just hot air. There is a change taking place in the churches in America. Many of the Christians that have been Christians for years and years and years that have been in many of the big assemblies but have been faithful, they're beginning to see that they can't deny what, is, what they're watching. They can't deny that these wars that Christ said would come are coming. They've been listening to the rumors of the wars, but now they're seeing the wars take place. So many of the believers in the big assemblies, and I mean the established Methodists or some of these, not all, but they're starting to see things and pay attention. Well, the prophets of the land, God is releasing them into society. And people aren't going to like what they have to say. People aren't going to like it. It's not going to be an attractive message. It is going to be a disturbing message. Nevertheless, God is faithful, and He has His faithful individuals who have been called to warn God's children. And again, He will do nothing. Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, will do nothing, will not allow any judgments to begin until He warns these people who are called to prophetic positions that are faithful and that fear Him. And that's one thing about the prophets. They feared at all times. They feared God. They knew that His ways don't change. What is What He will do to the society and punishment, the same will happen to the prophets if they're not faithful. And we see that throughout the Old Testament. Okay, we're going to be back for the second hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. We'll be back to begin the second hour in a few minutes. KHNC, it's your boy Bucky. So glad to be back with my friends, Steve and Mike from the Ramsey Auto Group. I bought a truck from them about, gosh, seven months ago, and it has been a fantastic process. They have 
done everything they can to give me the VIP experience and make sure that I'm taken care of. I will never go anywhere else for a vehicle, and I recommend that you don't either. The Ramsey Auto Group in Greeley. 6175 West 10th Street, 970-443-5654. Come in and take a look, see what we've got, see what we have that'll fit you. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont, or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. Reasons to own gold, number 37. Who are the people that tell you not to own gold? Bankers, Wall Street, pinstripe bandits, and all the other debt pushers out there. They believe in endless money printing that taxes all of us in the form of inflation. Make sure your wealth is protected by calling the Patriot Trading Group at 800 951 or visit our website at allamericangold.com. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I would like to encourage everyone to make sure they are prepared financially as the Federal Reserve continues to destroy the value of the dollar. Since the closing of the gold window in 1971, the Federal Reserve has led the way in the explosion of debt and the devaluing of your money. They openly say that they need 2% inflation, which simply means they hope to devalue your money, and they want to do this every single year, year after year. I know it's hard to understand, but the Federal Reserve believes in prosperity through debt and growth via the devaluation of your future. To learn more about how to protect yourself, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592 and protect yourself against the devaluing of your money. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Hey, 1360 fans, Tika here with Serenity Painting. Did you know that we also offer concrete, framing, drywall, and much more? For a free estimate, call us at 970-978-9565. Mention 1360 and receive 15% off any construction service and or free upgrade to lifetime warranty paint with a seven-year labor warranty included. Call us today at 970-978-9565. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach urban survival training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343. 
Tree Farm's early spring tree and shrub sale is going on now. Come see thousands of trees, shrubs, perennials, and more with huge savings. See what's on sale at thetreefarm.com. Six-foot-tall Honeycrisp apple trees, now only $119.99 each. Ready-to-bloom lilac shrubs, now only $67.46 each. Choose from purple, pink, or white. The early spring tree and shrub sale. You Come take I-25 to exit 235. Then five miles west to the tree farm. Hey, Sharp community members, this is Tommy with Tommy's Barbers and Blades. We're reaching out to you guys to let you know that we're in need of a barber or stylist at our Mead location on Highway 66 and I-25. If you're a seasoned pro or know someone who's great, give us a ring at 720-745-0783 or stop in and talk to us. We're looking for you. Again, that's 720-745-0783. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970 KHNC is proud to carry My Kind CBD products. Products include cocoa, top shelf tinctures, hemp salve, moisturizing lotions, and retinol cream. They also have pet tincture and hemp shampoo for a healthy coat and skin. To see all the CBD products we carry, visit the station at 2 South Parish or check us out online. Go to 1360KHNC.com. Click on the shop button. Accidents can happen at any time in any place. Preparing ourselves is critical to being able to respond with confidence. Serious bleeding events are scary, but having bleed stop handy can give you the edge. Just pour it directly in the wound and apply direct pressure. Clotting happens in seconds. KHNC listeners get 20% off on the products listed. Visit the KHNC website and hit the bleed stop button. That's the KHNC website and hit the bleed stop button. Hi, this is Riley with Saddle Up in Gilcrest, Colorado. We are a Western saddle and tack shop, and we carry all the tried and true cowboy and equine brands in the industry. We carry brands such as McCall, Martin, and Billy Cook. We also carry a variety of horse tack items like saddle pads, head stalls, and much more. Visit our website to check out our whole catalog or visit us in store, 303-772-7821. Again, 303-772-7821. Hey guys, Tommy with Revo Knives. Wanted to let you know that we're bringing our knives laser engraved here for 1360 KHNC. You can pick them up at 2 South Parish Avenue here in Johnstown at their radio station. They're laser engraved with their logo. We're really proud to partner with them and have our Revo Knives on display, all for you guys to carry with your EDC rotation. Certainly can't underestimate the quality or the value you get for the money. Stop by and see them today or pick one up at RevoKnives.com. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network.
Greetings, and welcome back to the second hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. Podcasts for the programs on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, from verse 4 to verse 8. This is the time of sorrows that precede the tribulation. Jesus answered them, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you, and leading you into error. Be careful. And like I stated in the first hour, there are going to be many Christian non uh, people in the in the family of God some who are not true born again people that will be in the pulpit and will mislead you there will be those who are truly born again but they are not called to be or ordained to be individuals who would have the care or the souls of man in their hand. They're there for other reasons. By the will of the flesh, by the will of blood, by the will of self, they're selfish, by the will of man. Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you, and leading you into error. So he's saying that in this last decade, you will have to use your discernment You'll have to use the Holy Spirit, your knowledge of the Bible, to filter through the men who are teaching, the men who are so-called apostles or prophets. You'll have to sift through to make sure that you, to, to protect yourself and find those individuals that are not hypocrites, that they speak what the Scripture says and they don't misinterpret. Uh, many of these very ambitious young, younger people, younger men and women in their... Uh, I, uh, yeah, women, I have never ever followed the teachings of a woman. Because Paul said that uh, we have to be careful unless they were under supervision of the pastor or minister of an assembly. Or they can work with their husbands, but they have to be under the uh, control, not control, but under the guidance of their husband. They are not to be in, in the evangelical churches in, in America, we give, there, there's much latitude, much, we accept many things that the Catholics, the Lutherans maybe, the Orthodox churches do not accept, like women in the pulpit. They don't accept it. This is to their credit, something that has protected them through the years. The Lutherans began to give in the Presbyterians, Protestant churches, but no, not the Catholics, 
not the, uh, the the rabbis, the true rabbis of Israel, never allowed women in Israel to speak to congregations. Here in this United in the United States, now there are some in uh, the Jewish churches, synagogues, there are, are accepting women rabbis. It's not in the Bible. So be careful uh, with anyone that female that is teaching has to be have her husband or the pastor of a church overseeing, making sure that what she's speaking is in a, in line with the scripture. Firstly, many will come in my name and mislead you. Many will come in my strength or the strength of my name, using the name, using my name, Messiah, <coughs> Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus, and uh, they will appropriate the name which belongs to me. They will say, I am the Messiah, I am the Christ, and will lead many astray. Who might he be talking about? In the New Age movement, you have many who declare themselves to be the Christ. I am the Christ, the Messiah. In the New Age movement, in these occult movements, and will lead many astray, meaning lead them from the truth and lead them into deception, and many times they won't recover. Wide is the path that leads to destruction. Verse 6, you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened or troubled, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Again, some Christians today are saying that we are in the tribulation time. And uh, we now are hearing of wars and rumors of wars. We are in wars. These are the wars I did the present truth this week. I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday. I presented a, an article. For the first time in history, the world has spent jointly $2.4 trillion in this annual budget for weapons $2.4 trillion. I guarantee you that surpasses the money spent for food production. Verse 6, remember, verse 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 are in the time before the tribulation. Verse 6, you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not frightened or troubled, for this must take place but the end is not yet. It has to take place. Verse 7, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be civil war, international war, nations against each other, war within the nations, civil war. There will be famines, earthquakes, in place after place. A couple of years ago, great grasshopper infestation all through Southern Asia in the Middle East and north into China. North and east into China. 
causing famines, destroyed crops. There will be earthquakes in place after place. Uh, I watched the earthquake uh, channel. There are thousands of earthquakes every day. Small, miniature, but they're all speaking. The big one is coming. Something bigger than the last. And then something bigger than the last in the future. So they're increasing in magnitude. Verse 8. This finishes, concludes the time before tribulation begins. This is but the beginning, the early pains of the birth pains of the intolerable anguish. This is the beginning of it. So the verse 9 begins with even greater anguish. This is how Christ presented it to the disciples, and this is taking place in the last ten years. Now, I didn't plan for what I'm going to present to you. I'm going to try to throw in verses so that you can study what I'm going to present. I had a thought that, you know, you want to know about the time before the tribulation that sets up the time for the tribulation. And the decades before the time of sorrows are setting up a, a, a like a play. Uh, a decade ago, well, things were being set in place for the time in which we are in presently in this time of anguish and, birth pa- anguish and birth pains. Two decades ago, three, four, five decades ago, six, seven decades ago, in the 60s, this is when out of nowhere comes the thought of a New Age movement into the 60s and 70s. Well, verse chapter uh, 24, verse 5 this scenario in verse in, in verse five was being set up in the time of the hippie movement, with the bringing in of a subtle type of witchcraft, the New Age movement, with crystals, things of that nature. That was in the 60s, 70s, 70 years ago. Now, verse five, Christ is talking about the condition presently that was set up six, seven decades ago. This is how the Lord views it. We don't see it this way. We take it simply, verse by verse, but we don't incorporate the past. We don't look at the past to see how these things develop. Now, hearing of wars and rumors of wars... Now you look at from the time of the, world, the end of World War II, you had Korea. And basically in this country, there was just kind of a time of peace and quiet through the 50s and to the mid-60s. Then there was talk in Asia of communists, the spreading of communism into Viet- Vietnam. 
and we began as a country wars and rumors of wars. Now that was an undeclared war initially, but they call it the Vietnam War presently. It was just kind of an occupation, just sort of a exercise, or not an exercise, but but not declared war. It was our involvement, helping other, helping France. France had been been defeated, so we stepped in. Well, that Vietnam War. I view it maybe in a different perspective than most. Christians. I've talked many times about the baby boom generation children that probably you could say that those that were born in maybe 42, 3, 4, 5, as well as those after the soldiers came back from the war in Europe, uh, they could be included in the baby boom generation group. The Vietnam War this war was, I believe, looking at the war from a different perspective. It wasn't just a war about America developing oil in the Gulf of Tonkin. That would be one part of it. But also, it would be the United States. Well, it would be from a spiritual perspective. Because I look at, I view things from a spiritual thought that I see in the Bible. The target of the devil would be this group of individuals, the baby boom generation children. Why do I say that? Because this group would become a massive group of people within the United States that would carry a great financial they would they would create a great financial system these people had the best in education the best in freedoms of the country the best in travel Finances, in, in all ways, we had the best. And that would make the baby boom generation a generation like no other generation in American history or really in the history of the world. Because we were now had moved out of an industrial age, in a sense, into the age of technology. And it would be these young people in that time period that would create the base for what the technical world is presently. It would be those people that would create the system of the coming Antichrist. And I say that the people in the baby boom generation would be the people that will use the technology for the fulfillment of Revelation chapter 13. I believe that the Antichrist, or as we would call him the son of perdition, the man of sin, the Assyrian, 
the idle shepherd, all references to this coming anti-Messiah, anti-Christ, the abomination of desolation, is a baby boom generation individual. In Revelation 13, the false prophet is also a baby boom generation individual. The greatest, most powerful politicians of this country, Hillary Clinton is a female, the most powerful, I believe, and I, I know that she and Bill have been involved in the occult, the Illuminati, Luciferian. I believe that she is a baby boom generation individual. I have watched their lives, who they are. I believe that she is the most powerful individual female witch ever born. Jezebel was very powerful, but not like Hillary Clinton. This is just my view, my opinion, through my research, my study of the family and the genealogy. I present this occasionally on the present truth. I'm presenting it to you because you are the focus of the Holy Spirit. Uh, my ministry is to the individuals that are truly focused on God, His eternal plan, and the plan that He has for your lives. Baby boom generation. There's uh, Donald Trump. From a spiritual perspective, Donald Trump, spiritually, a Christian, a believer, he is truly a born-again believer, like him, dislike him, agree with him, disagree with him. It's irrelevant in the matter of spiritual things. In the political world, that's another world. But coming from the perspective of the kingdom of heaven and the way that the Holy Spirit worked with him through his lifetime to prepare him for Hillary Clinton, the Hillary Clinton debate, just that alone. There is no individual at that time, on the Republican ticket, not one individual could have ever debated Hillary Clinton and been successful. Not Rubio, not Bush, none of them. Not an individual. It's a spiritual matter. You have to understand if what I'm saying about her being in the occult, being the person that I say she is, then it would take somebody in the kingdom of heaven that would have the Holy Spirit and it would have insight and great prayer behind them to debate her and beat her in all three debates. God's intention was that she would win one, Don would win one, and Don would win the third, a, sec, a third, a second. No, it was God's intention that Don would beat her, period. One, two, three strikes, you're out. Why do, I, why do I think that's important? Because she and Bill, the two of them, along with all the others in that political world, they know that 
Donald Trump in his first presidency or in his first term and even in his debates initially and his run, there's no way he should have been able to beat the Bushes or any of the others. He beat them all. And then he beat Hillary. God was saying, my choice is not going to, like flipping a coin, win two out of three. He will be, because I'm positioning him, I will be with him, and I will make sure he is victorious in all three debates, and he was. You can go back and you can look at those debates. Donald Trump, his strategy and his just who he is and how God created him frustrated her and she knows the God of heaven was mocking her. She knows it. The people in the occult, they know God and and more uh, better. Uh, they know the Bible. They're more savvy of the Bible. They know when God is working. They they plan to beat him at every encounter, but they know they can't. And she knew she was up against, I believe, Christ himself. And she had, don't think she didn't have, witches nationally and internationally praying for her. This may seem bizarre to you, but I want to tell you something. I'm presenting that world to you because you're going to have to understand that other dimension. You're going to have to view things differently. You can't view things from a natural perspective any longer. You have to view things with deep, deep spiritual insight. If you don't, uh, you are going to suffer and those that you love are going to suffer. The more spiritual insight and knowledge and understanding that you have, the more successful you will be and the more victorious. Now, I will go to any prophet in the Old Testament and you can read any prophet. They were fully aware of the soothsayers, Chaldeans, magicians, astrologers in their vicinities. <coughs> All of them. N- not one. Isaiah talks about it extensively. Isaiah, in Isaiah 47, God gave, gave him a vision of a kingdom at the end of the world, America, and of an individual a very powerful, I believe, witch, Hillary Clinton. You read those chapters. You read chapter 47 of Isaiah. I would love to give you an extensive breakdown of that. I touched on it here a few weeks ago, but I didn't really get into the details because I didn't have time. Another thing is I don't know how you're going to, how this audience is going to receive things. Uh, you can, you know, in your thinking, you might think that I'm a kook, I'm out there, whatever, that's fine. But the God of heaven 
didn't waste time through my years of schooling. And he didn't waste time through your years of schooling. And he's not going to waste time in your education from this point forward. He's going to be involved. And if he wants to teach you something, you better be receptive. You better be the best student. Because if you're not, you may not have a second, you might not have the time to have a second chance to be educated on a matter. I've had 50 years plus to be educated. But the thing is this, I took my education seriously. We're going to go to a break and we'll be back for the second half of the program. I ask you to stay put. For those that are leaving, please, the the podcast or 1360khnc.com. Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to KHNC listeners. He is giving us great discounts on all MyPillow products. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code KHNC. Get deep discounts on MyPillow mattress toppers, towels, sheets, and so much more. For example, Mike is offering a buy one, get one free offer on Giza sheets and the new MyPillow 2.0. For these buy one, get one free offers and a special free shipping program, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code KHNC or call 800-948-8229. That's MyPillow.com or 800-948-8229 and use promo code KHNC. This is Rick Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American World Hegemony, The New World Order, Secret Societies, One World Religion, Weather Warfare, International Wars, Transhumanism. Join me, 1360 KHNC. To continue with my thought, the, the the children of God that don't take your that don't take their education seriously uh, have to go back and learn the lessons again and again and again. When you know that the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you something, it would be wise to pay attention and to hear, have an ear to hear what Christ is speaking to you. I know that I've given this testimony before. I'm going to give it again because many of you probably never heard it. I think it was about... Christ spoke the same thing to me twice. And the first time was, I think, about 19, I'll say 88. The Lord had told me that nobody could teach 
And that's why the disciples called him teacher. No one could teach as a teacher so perfectly as he could. The second time I was in Las Vegas, this was about 2000, I can't even tell you the year, 2007. It was in the spring. Uh, my wife worked at the little, or the, the Christian station, which wasn't little. It had a pretty good audience. But in Las Vegas, the other bigger powerhouses, you know, they during the day they were very powerful. But I dropped my wife off. She was the she took care of the office. And uh, I we paint and I I was between painting jobs. And so I went to one of the uh you know they had the four or five story, seven story parking garages just maybe a mile from where the station was and I went in to pray and I parked up about the fifth story and I'm looking out west over the valley beautiful day in the spring and I began to read Hebrews and I got to Hebrews chapter 7 and this will be for you and in 7 God is talking about Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was a type of Christ at the time of Abraham. Melchizedek was the high priest. And the type is that Christ is the high priest. You can read the book of Hebrews, and he is the high priest. And I'm just reading through that. He's the king of Salem, the king of peace. He's the priest of the Most High God. He meets Abraham as he returned from the slaughter of the kings. Uh, Abraham gives him a tenth of all the spoil, which many Christians feel that, okay, we've got to give a tenth uh, of what we get. Now, it says this in verse 3. One thing about Melchizedek that came back from the kings, it was interesting that here in Hebrews, the Apostle Paul is presenting Melchizedek in a unique way. He's presenting Melchizedek to the, the Hebrews as Christ. And here's what he says, verse 3. This is uh, Hebrews 7, 3. Without a record of a father or mother, or ancestry, neither with beginning of days, nor ending of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues to be a priest without interruption and without successor. No one's going to succeed him. So if anybody thinks that there's someone greater than Messiah, than Christ, the appointed one, you are mistaken. He resembles the Son of God. He continues to be a priest without interruption. Paul is presenting Christ in a type of Melchizedek. So I'm reading this, and 
without a father or mother. In other words, the Catholics say that uh, Holy Mary, Mother of God, no, God did not have a mother. But then they say, well, she's the mother of Christ. Well, that's true. She's the mother of Christ, but she's not the mother of God. Because Paul says here, in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 3, without record of a father or mother or ancestral line, neither with any beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, God had no father, God had no mother. There's no record of it. Now Christ is the Son of God and the Son of Man, and He was born of a virgin, but I'm reading this, and I had to stop, because the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and He said, No one knows my Father like I do, and no one knows the Son like my Father. And I had to sit. I'm telling you, if you want to know who the Father is, study what the Son has to say about the Father. If you want to know who the Son is, study what the Father says about the Son. And the Lord asked me a question. The question was, are you a good student? And it hit me, because this is the second time he asked me this, and I just started nodding. And he says, if you are a good student, I will teach you who my Father in heaven is. And my Father in heaven will teach you who I am. And I just had to sit there and think again, are you a good student? And I felt like the Lord was saying, if you're a good student, you need to be to class every day. You need to be at the front of the class so you're not distracted. You need to be awake. Don't come up to the front and daze and gaze. You need to be awake. And you have to have an attitude that you are going to be the best in the class. This is for you. There's no competition with God's children. You're competing against yourself. You have every right to be the best in the classroom where Christ put you. You have the right to be the very, very best. If you're not, well, then that is your problem. I'll be right back. Okay. And you you need it would be wise when you are being trained or when the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you something. You better pay attention, be to class, be alert, go to the front of the class so there are no distractions up there. Be alert and have an attitude that you are going to master 
that class above everyone else. And the thing that's wonderful about it is in the classroom and in the, what he teaches you, you're not in competition with anybody else. You are competing against yourself. And you're going to be rewarded like you cannot imagine. Because when you learn these lessons, know that down the road, that whatever Christ has taught you, trained you to do, or, or whatever the lesson may be, is going to benefit yourself and those that you love, those around you. Be the class. Be the best student. Don't take the teachings of Christ lightly. You look at the disciples. In three, little over three and a half years, roughly three and a half years, these men went to be from young fishermen and other, you know, whatever, their occupation, to the men who were responsible for the kingdom of heaven and the children of God who would meet Messiah after his resurrection and teach them these lessons to the rest of their lives and teach the lessons to the new disciples. It's, it's, it's a, the gravity of what they did is unbelievable, unimaginable. Now, I use Paul as the example. He's the one presenting Christ as Melchizedek to the Hebrew people because he had the revelation. He saw it. He knew. And without a doubt, God, the Father, had no father, mother, sister, brothers. He always was. He was eternal. No beginning. No end. And we, if we're good students, we will see God the Father like He is, who He is. We'll see Christ as the Son of God, the Son of Man. So I sat there and I just had a sense that this is also for you. And I, I, I told the Lord, that, like the first time, I, I just, not with any, you know, arrogant nothing, forget the arrogance, I just said, yes, Lord, I, I, when I come to class, I come with the right attitude, because I know that I never, I don't ever go through anything that is not important. And yes, Lord, I am a good student. Not being arrogant, not being proud, being honest. You have to be honest too. You can be the best student. And you should say, yes, Lord, I am the best student. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. I want to learn the lessons. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to be to class every day. And I want to be the top of my class. I want to be the one who masters whatever it is you're teaching me for myself and for my future and the people involved 
in my future. And then I knew, at the same time, I had a sense that the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I had a sense that they were making a decision and having to decide my future and what would be the best place that I could be positioned. And I just had that sense. Do you ever have that sense that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is picking something for you that is the very, very best? Something that is for you alone and no one else? I hope you have. But I knew. I thought, okay, I know that the triune God, I know that the Godhead is making a decision about my future, definitely the future of the church, about it, about every, uh, the future of every member in the family of God. But, you see, this is the beauty of God. He's our God individually. And He has a plan for you. And that plan is important. Because you have things, you can do things no one else can do. And He will decide the very best place for you so that you can grow, you can learn, and you can be profitable. He'll pick that for you. That is what He wants. He goes, you know, if He, if he wants to teach you a lesson, uh, if it costs Him a million dollars, hey, uh, money is nothing to Him. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the depths of the ocean. He owns the far reaches of the sky, the universe. The stars belong to Him. Uh, He's known you before you were even from the foundation of the world. What's a million dollars to Him to teach you a lesson? Nothing. And I have a friend who I gave that example to. And I told him, Brother... If the Lord wants to teach you a lesson and it costs you a million dollars, that's nothing to Him. And if He if He desires to do that, He'll spend a million dollars of your money to teach you a lesson. And it happened to a dear friend of mine, a pastor down in Denver. He'd crashed, burned as a pastor, went into real estate, had four or five multi-million dollar homes in his hand and he lost a million dollars because he wasn't listening to the Lord and he ended up walking away with the hair of his chinny chin chin this is what God will do whatever now another thing with life and with death both are in God's hand Now, we're in a time now where we're going to lose people we love. And this is a matter that pastors, teachers, no one wants to address. But if we're in the time that I say that we're in, in the last decade, then there are people that you love Hopefully they're believers. 
that are going to go be with the Lord. A little over a year ago, a wonderful individual that I love very much, uh, Ron Perry, uh, he had we had worked together in Las Vegas, and eventually he moves up to Colorado, and we're only 200 miles, 250 apart. And I wasn't able to get to see him. He wasn't able to get to see me, but we would talk. I loved him. He was literally one of the best friends I had. He's, he's 10 years older than I am. We got to be with him on his uh, 70, 70th birthday. And I sent him a, gave him a card. And it was, a, it was the, uh, from a Elvis uh, Elvis uh, birthday card and you open it up it says the best is yet to come and for 10 years I got to know, know this brother my wife and I we were we got to travel with he and his wife for a year and a half or a year year and a quarter year and a half fantastic he is he uh, had been throughout this country from the time he was a young man with his father and then he started his own ministry he was in the work of the Lord for over 50 years and he got to share with me these wonderful experiences he had in the Pentecostal world now listen I'm going to I'm down to the last five minutes but listen podcasts are on 1360khnc.com so don't forget that and my contact information is is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Zip code 80502. So I spent time with him. He was in the hospital. He had a knee. He'd fallen, hurt his knee at Thanksgiving. He had to go in for a checkup in early uh, January of last year. They said he had COVID. They put him on COVID protocol. Two weeks later, he was dead. They put him on a, a tube. And my opinion, he was murdered. I miss him. I miss him. In fact, I was just thinking of him the other day. I'm just thinking, wow, this man, I truly miss. But... God holds life and death in His hands. We believers, we family, there are things that are going to happen that you're going to lose somebody that you love. You have to realize that nothing happens without God's allowing it. You cannot, you have to protect yourself about a root, protect yourself from the root of bitterness and thinking that God did this. God was responsible. God allows things. We don't see everything. We see truly through a tinted glass. We don't know the plan of God. But Satan will try to use it to destroy your faith and your continuing walk with the Lord Jesus. Don't let Satan cheat you. You must continue you all have something that is vital to the kingdom of heaven. And the devil knows it. The devil wants to take you out of the game. 
you have to protect yourself. Make sure that you don't allow your faith to waver. You must continue. Because we're at the end of the age, you're going to lose people you love. And if they're believers, you need to rejoice. You need to rejoice they're with the Lord. If they're non-believers and they're sick, you have time to pray for them. Pray for them fervently that they meet the Lord before they exit this life. We have an advantage over the non-believers. We get to petition the God of heaven. We get to petition uh, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can petition and ask and beg and plead for the eternal soul of those that we love. Don't be ashamed. There are people that we pray for and we say, Lord, there's no, we're not, uh, there's no compromise on this individual. This individual, we want to be saved. We're not compromising. We're asking you. Period. We're not going to compromise. We're going to pray for the salvation of this individual. This is how we should pray. Boldly, in faith, trusting God. And, now this is a tough one, and if they should leave this life without Christ, well, we won't know until that day. But, we pray and hope for the and pray for eternal life for them but if not then you cannot lament you cannot weep because there are those vessels that are created to be destroyed in Romans I, I might go to those verses at some point there are vessels of honor vessels that were created to be destroyed like Pharaoh he was raised up by God to be destroyed so that God might display His power. And this is what God does. So whether they meet the Lord or don't, praise God. He knows. He's all-knowing. He knows. Uh, we prayed. You did your part. If they don't, come to the Christ, well, you did your part. There's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. So, all I can say is, we say amen, and we personally, we keep going. We don't stop. We continue. We just continue. And, uh, Hallelujah. Well, we're going to be back for the third hour in a few minutes. So, please stay with me. For those that are leaving, God bless you. God bless your week. The podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. You can go to the podcast and you can re-listen or you can listen for the first time. Be back. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. 
But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont. Or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. Reasons to own gold, number 175. Universal basic income, where the government just gives people money because they won't be able to live and provide for their families because the dollar has been devalued beyond comprehension while never admitting to inflation. Prosperity never comes from the printing press. Call the Patriot Trading Group at 800-951-0592 or visit our website at allamericangold.com. JD here. Join me as I take my A-10 Warthog radio show into the swamp to do battle with the political and propagandist cockroaches and swamp creatures. Saturdays, noon to 1. What type of financial advisor are you looking for? A lot of advisors work for some great companies that offer good products, but are they taking a close look at what truly matters to you? Most advisors are unfortunately one-trick ponies and come at you with the same strategy no matter what situation you are in. Most of the time, your advisor isn't even reaching out to you to review things and has no desire to actually build a relationship with you. You want to work with someone who's going to hustle their butt off and compete for you and make sure that you are maximizing your hard-earned dollars. I will work day and night for all of my clients and do everything in my power to deliver the best service possible. Reach out to me, Joey Jaquin, Joe Jaquin son, someone who is going to compete for your business and truly aligns with your conservative values. You can reach me at my personal cell, 602-909-9048. Again, 602-909-9048. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Power surges and lightning bolts can cause damage to your electronic devices. A EMP attack can fry everything, leaving everyone looking like the Flintstones. But don't let that happen. Go to EMPShield.com and enter KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield can keep you secure and running when no one else can. American-made electronic protection. Again, put KHNC in the promo box. EMPShield.com. Hi, my name is Sam Cheshire. My wife Lisa and I own Build Design America in Longmont, Colorado. We've been in business for over 30 years, offering full-service flooring to Northern Colorado. A few years ago, we started into Kiva Studios. We offer full-service kitchen and bath remodeling, along with a design service. We're located in Longmont at 665 Frontage Road. Our phone number is 303-772-1202. And we also offer free design services. So give us a call, 303-772-1202. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. 
I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out. 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. I love fixing firearms and giving you the tools to succeed in these increasingly trying times. The Constitution has always provided stability, and as we veer farther and farther away from it, our society will only become more unstable. I can't fix that, but I can make sure that you have a fighting chance. So give me a call or shoot me a text to see what I can do for you. 970-776-0258. It's 970-776-0258. As the economy tightens, retailers are getting their products in front of thousands of new customers every month. The P.E. Gun Show is a whole family event featuring toys, craft items, food, survival and hunting accessories. Every show is loaded with potential buyers looking for your products. For table rental information, contact P.E.Shows.com or call them at 970-779-0360. The P.E. Gun Shows of Northern Colorado has a proud tradition of bringing you the very best gun shows for many years. We are now looking for a new facility for our events. We are seeking a building size in the 15,000 to 35,000 square foot range with parking. If you are aware of a facility that can meet our size requirements, please contact us at 970-779-0360. That's 970-779-0360. Blue Dragon Spa in Longmont, Colorado, 1811 Hover Street, 720-680-0492. A new spa started by Steve, the Red Pill Truth Guy, and his wife, Valentina. Drop by. We offer manicure and pedicure, facial, and more. We have new, state-of-the-art equipment, and we use the best materials available. Yeah, give us a call, 720-680-0492. We're at 1811 Hover Street in Longmont, Colorado. Everything very good. Just come in and enjoy it. Hi there. We're the guys from All Gas, No Class Radio. Please join us and support our new show Sundays from 2 to 3 p.m. We'd love to have you. Because we're too ugly for OnlyFans. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. 1360 KHNC is proud to announce our partnership with My Kind CBD, a local Colorado-based company that uses no pesticides, no herbicides, completely organic, no heavy metals. All their products are CAO certified. That's right, independently lab certified. Our prices are the best in the country. Go out to 1360KHNC.com and hit the shopping cart button and make your purchase today. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. To 
Greetings. Welcome to the third hour of the Present Truth. I'm sorry, of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. I had been talking about uh, out of Hebrews chapter seven and uh, using the example that Christ is Melchizedek. He's the high priest, and the testimony was that if if uh, we want, if we are teachable, Christ will reveal to us who His Father is. The Father in heaven will reveal to us who the Son is. You'll have to listen to the previous hour, and the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. So please, uh, if you missed hour one and two, you can go back and and listen. We are in, uh, I believe, the last decade, uh, early in the last decade. And because of that, there are prophecies for each segment in the book of Matthew chapter 24, uh, prophecies on each, for each um, of the parts, there are five parts. I think there are six actually. The first part being the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. Part two is the birth pains and uh, time of sorrows. Part three is the first half of the tribulation. Part four is the second half of the tribulation known as great tribulation. Part five is a 30 day period of time after the tribulation has finished, concluded. Part 6 is the time of wrath upon the nations. And um, it's complete in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Now, I am going to continue, or I'm going to go back to Hebrews. If what I'm saying is correct, then it puts us in a in a uh, world of coming hardship. And in Hebrews chapter 1, in this chapter, what is presented by the Apostle Paul is the Son of God, who is the heir and lawful owner of all things. We, We... Believers, we know that, but I'm going to I'm going to go through this quickly. Chapter one, and then chapter two, because it'll tie into what I'm presenting about Matthew chapter 24 being the last decade. In many separate revelations, each set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers in the in and by the prophets. Now that was in the past. God is speaking to we believers in America in the evangelical churches through current events, through the prophecies of Christ himself, through what Paul says about the time in which we live, Peter, what he says about our time, James. All these apostles 
They spoke to the present, and they spoke to the distant, the distant uh, future. And they spoke specifically about the end in the time in which we live. So we should probably pay attention. They spoke through James, Jude, Paul, Peter, Luke, Matthew, Mark, John. In the Old Testament times, they spoke through Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, Hosea, Zechariah, etc. But in these days, he is speaking to his children, his people, the born-again family. He's speaking to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, and by and through whom he created the worlds. And he reaches and the reaches of space and the ages of time. He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. He, Christ, is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being that are outraying or radiance of the divinity, the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Verse 4. Taking a place and rank by which he himself became as much superior to angels as the glorious name title which he had inherited, how it is different from and more excellent than theirs. This meant the holy angels and all angels, fallen angels, and of Lucifer, the light bearer, the light bearer, the the uh, lumen, uh, illumined. What is it? The uh, fluorescent or the uh, oh, what is what does light bearer mean? Uh, who was the the magnificent angel that fell? Caught me off guard. Verse five. To which of the angels did God ever say, "You are my son"? Today I have begotten you, established you in an official sonship relation with kingly dignity, and again. I will be to him a father. He will be to me a son. Paul, out of the immediately, in the first chapter, he is telling the Hebrew people of his day, this is how he, Paul, began, how he felt to begin to introduce the Messiah who they crucified to the Jewish people, specifically the believers, because they still had concepts. They still were influenced by the Judaism that they were raised in. They were influenced by these rabbis, or speaking of the rabbis who 
uh, did not at any time present to the people that Messiah would be um, actually they hadn't present anything about Messiah's coming and here Messiah had come and fulfilled the prophecies 200 plus prophecies to the to a T and the many of the Jewish people the new Hebrew believers were still questioning and remember at that time too they were so involved with the angelic world because what is presented in the Old Testament was seraphim, teraphim, angels, majesty through uh, Ezekiel's writings. Verse 7. No, no, verse 6. Moreover, when he brings the firstborn son again into the habitable world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. So Paul is saying, the angels, let them worship him. Referring to the angels, he says, God, who makes his angels winds and his ministering servants flames of fire. That's who the angels are. But God says this, but as to the Son, he says to him, this is to the Son, your throne, O God. So this was a real twist to the Hebrews of the time. But as to the Son... It's referring to the to the Father, but your throne, O God, is forever and ever to the ages of the ages, and the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of absolute righteousness, of justice and straightforwardness. Paul doesn't present the scepter as a scepter of love. That's a different condition for the love that God had for his people, but he has to judge those that he loves with a scepter of righteousness. This is why so many Christians, they don't recognize the hand of God when they're being chastised because an all-loving God wouldn't punish them, cause hardship and discomfort to them. Well, this is what because they don't know who this Christ that they serve is and who they worship and adore it's because they don't know his ways. Verse 9. You have loved righteousness. You delight in integrity, virtue, and uprightness in purpose, thought, and action. And you have hated lawlessness, injustice, and iniquity. Therefore God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of exultant joy and gladness above and beyond your companions. And further, you, Lord, you did lay the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and in the heavens, and the heavens are the work of your hands. See, people say that it was it was God, the the uh, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God the Father that created all things. But in the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And through Him all things were made. Things that were not made were made. So 
This Christ, he's saying here, this Son of God, laid the foundation of the earth. In the beginning, the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain and continue permanently. They will grow, grow old and wear out like a garment. Like a mantle thrown off of oneself, you will roll them up, and they will be changed and replaced by others. But you remain the same, and your years will never end nor come to failure. Besides, to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, associated with me in my royal dignity, till I make your enemies a stool for your feet? Are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants sent out in the service of God for assistance for those who are to inherit salvation? So Paul immediately presents Christ in contrast to the angels. And this is what the Holy Spirit is doing today to the Christian people and to the world. Because the world now is full of angel worship. Uh, angels everywhere. Angels, 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 angels. Many of the believers that are prophetic, they talk about seeing angels and praying to angels and asking angels to go destroy these spirits and those spirits and bring judgment. Uh-uh. I say repeatedly, we ask Christ to send the angels as He desires for our protection but we have no authority. We're eventually, we're going to replace the angels. They are going to, we're going to replace them in the millennial kingdom. Now, chapter 2. I just feel to present this to you because this chapter is important. All chapters are important, of course, but this is going to fit my thought. What I want to present, what I feel is important. God's children are asleep. God's children uh, are not looking at the signs of the times. You're not looking at the sky to see what is happening. They're oblivious to it. Verse uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Since all of this is true, we should pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift away from past them and let them slip away. We, have, many of us, have studied Scripture for decades. This is a time to make sure that what we have learned doesn't drift doesn't slip away. What we've learned, we need to uh, view it as even more important and more valuable now than in the past. Verse 2, For if the message given through angels, which was the law, the law spoken, spoken by them to Moses, if this law was authentic and proved sure, and every violation and disobedience received an appropriate, just, and adequate penalty. Verse 3. How shall we escape appropriate retribution 
if we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation. This right here, great salvation. We read it, we go beyond it, we don't stop, we don't consider. Great salvation. Yes, eternal life forever and ever to the eons. Great salvation. Great salvation from the sins of our past. Our sins being powerless and being washed away through forgiveness and the baptism of water for they have no hold, no power over us. Great salvation. The day I was baptized in water. Great, great salvation. The demons that held me through my remembering my sins of the past were no longer able to use my past against me. Then, the great salvation. Now, we come to Christ, we who come maybe later in life, in our early 20s or later, we come with our mind full of contamination, contamination, filth from the world in which we traveled. We're polluted with philosophies. We're polluted with filth, with sins, remembrances. And our minds are fallen. Well, great salvation through God's Word now that we're believers, God's Word comes alive in us and begins to wash and begins to occupy and begins to work. The Word of God is living and operating and sharper than two-edged sword. And it begins to expose our thinking, the deep things of our heart. At the same time, God said that his word would not return to him void. Even the simplest of verses uh, can change you. That, uh, uh, for example, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. That is profound. The law of the power of uh, the law of death has been broken, and the power of the Holy Spirit gives us life. No condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. I, I don't live in condemnation. I haven't lived in com com condemnation, uh, thankfully, since I was 25. The Lord gave me the revelation. There's no condemnation. Yes, we might have to repent, ask forgiveness for transgression, but there's no condemnation because Christ wants us to get up and move forward with Him. Okay, let's see here. Um, how, if we neglect and we refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation, having our mind renewed, then through our conduct, we begin to, we were once just uh, desirous to be involved in any kind of sinful activity. Now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are becoming more and more pure all the time. Less and less, the, the flesh 
has less control and hold over us. The Spirit now becomes alive in us and gives us the power to overcome the flesh and the soul. If we neglect such great salvation as is now offered to us, letting it drift past us forever, we don't want to let this great salvation drift past us. We want to take hold of it. It was declared first by the Lord Himself. And it was confirmed to us and proved to be real and genuine by those who personally heard Him. They heard Him speak. These were the apostles. They were there. And it's interesting that they, the apostles, I'll use the four, John, Mark, Luke, and Matthew. These individuals they had what is called audiographic memory. They didn't forget things. This is how the Jewish people used to remember things, because they had audiographic. Uh, somebody that you know that has audiographic memory is Marco Rubio. Uh, he can speak something, and he remembers every word that he speaks. And whoever's in the room speaking to him, he remembers every word spoken to him. Most I heard a ministry, pastor in a ministry, going back to do research. And he found that these people would memorize the, the uh, first five books of Moses. And some would mem- memorize the whole of the Tanakh. Because they had photographic or audiographic memory. Well, the disciples, they didn't have time to write They had audiographic. They remembered every word. They present things from a different perspective, but there's still harmony in their view of what they heard. So they personally heard him speak. Verse 4. Beside this evidence, it is also established and plainly endorsed by God, who showed his approval of it by signs and wonders and various miracles, manifestations of his power, and by imparting the gifts of the Holy Spirit to the believers according to His own will. So He dispenses the the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now we're talking gifts. We're not talking about eternal salvation. Paul is talking about gifting, like he's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. God dispenses and imparts gifts of the Holy Spirit to the believers according to his own will. He wants the Hebrew believers to understand that their God imparts gifts to them. To the Corinthians, Paul was speaking to the Gentile churches. Well, God is inclusive. He includes the Hebrew people too. And in this one chapter, or in this one book, Hebrews, Paul expounds on so many different things that that are important to the new Hebrew converts. And he is very thorough in the book of uh, Hebrews. Very thorough. He always goes back to either Moses or to, to uh, the law, whatever. Because they are aware 
This was their world. This was their past. This is how they were brought up. This is how they view things. Now this, to the Gentiles of the day, it would take them a little bit of time to understand if they didn't understand what Paul was saying, if they didn't understand Hebrew, um, if they didn't understand Hebrew uh, culture. So, we're going to go to the bottom of the hour break. Before I do, for those that are leaving, please, you can hear the podcasts on 1360khnc.com. And uh, every Sunday, 9 to noon, I'll be here. Hopefully I can add something to you, something that you will help you, encourage you. So, please... Uh, Join me in just a few minutes for the balance of the program. This is Rick Rodriguez. I'll be right back. Reasons to Own Gold. Brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank, which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592. Okay, and here at the end of the program, one final segment. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. The Olive Tree programs archived there. Also, contact information is Olive Tree Ministry. P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. I'm going to get through the second chapter of Hebrews because if what I'm saying about this being uh, Matthew 24 being the last decade, if it is the last decade, then this is a time for the children of God to be attentive and to transition, transition mentally. You're going to have to transition. You're going to have to think differently. You're going to have to accept what is the truth, which I say is the truth. We're in the la- we're, we've already entered into the last decade. And the very last verse of the Bible, uh, the Apostle John in Hebrew, in, in, in the Revelation chapter 22, the last verse, I think it's 21. 
he is presented a very disturbing revelation from chapter 1 to chapter 22. Very disturbing, very detailed, intricate. Uh, the good, uh, the demonic, uh, angels fallen, angels holy, uh, Christ, uh, the God the Father, uh, Lucifer, Satan, Diablo, the accuser of the brethren, brethren uh, the persecution coming to the church, the persecution coming to Israel as a people, to the uh, non-believers who are just the Gentiles, good Gentiles, and how they're going to suffer. He's presenting everything so clearly, and he finishes May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Even so, amen, come Lord Jesus. So he finishes with his petition and his, his request. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Grace is God in you giving you the fortitude by His Spirit personally to endure whatever it is that we individually are going to go through. We are going to individually basically go through it alone. We can with others that we that are there to work with us, to pray with us, to be part of a, a small families. Yes, but if we're separated, then we individually are going to depend on, have to rely on all that we have learned throughout our Christian lives, that Christ can never leave you, forsake you. He is there if you've been faithful and obedient. He will be there to answer your prayers, to assist you. So, I'm... Uh, just going through chapter 2 because Paul is saying basically if what the angel said was true then we better pay attention. Verse 5 For it was not to the angels that God subjected the habitable world of the future of which we're speaking. Verse 6 It has been solemnly and earnestly said in a certain place what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you graciously and helpfully care for and visit and look after him? Still, this is looking to Christ. For some little time you have ranked him, man, lower, than an, lower and inferior to the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the work of your hands. For you have put everything in subjection under his feet." This is why Christ became a man, lower than the angels, but everything has been subje is in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to man, he left nothing outside of man's control. But at present, we do not yet see all things subjected to him, Christ, but, or to mankind. At some point, the world will be subject to us in our glorified state. 
But presently, we are able to see Jesus, who was ranked lower than the angels for a little while, crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering death, having suffered death, in order that by grace, unmerited favor of God to us sinners, he might experience death for every individual person. Verse 10, it was an act worthy of God and fitting to the divine nature that he, for whose sake and by whom all things have their existence in bringing many sons into glory. In chapter 1, it was about the son. Now he's included, we believers, in bringing many sons into glory. He should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect should bring to maturity the human experience necessary to be perfectly equipped for his office as high priest through suffering. For both he who sanctifies, making men holy, and those who are sanctified, all having one Father, for this reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So now Paul is saying, that we, and he's not just talking about the Jewish people, he's not just talking about the Hebrew people, Paul is presenting to the Hebrew people the whole family of God. This is extremely wise. He who sanctifies, making men holy, those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Whether you're Hebrew or Gentile. So he's, he's introducing this. He says, I will declare your father's name to my brethren. Now Christ is talking about the whole family that will become brethren through rebirth. I will declare your father, his name, to my brethren. In the midst of the worshiping congregation, I will sing hymns of praise to you, to the Father. Christ is going to declare the Father to his brethren. And the brethren are going to declare praise to the Father. And again he says, My trust and assurance, the reliance and confident hope, shall be fixed in him. And yet again, here I am, I and the children whom God has given me. Since therefore these his children share in flesh and blood in the physical nature of human beings, he himself in a similar manner partook of the same nature, that by going through death he might bring to nothing to not powerless to make of no effect him who had the power of death, that is, the devil." And also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who, through the haunting fear of death, were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives. For as we know, he, Christ, did not take hold of angels, the fallen angels, to give them a helping and delivering hand. But he did take hold of the fallen descendants of Abraham to reach out to them a helping and delivering hand. So, Paul is presenting his knowledge of the invisible world. 
and the children of Israel, they were fully aware of the little gods or the angels who rebelled. And he's saying, Christ didn't take hold of the angels that had fallen to give them a helping hand and delivering them. But he did take hold of the fallen descendants of Abraham, you, to reach out and to help and deliver you by his helping hand. Fascinating. So it's evident that it was essential that he made that he be made like his brethren in every respect in order that he might become a merciful, sympathetic, and faithful high priest in the things related to God to make atonement and propitiation for the people's sins. For because he himself in his humanity has suffered in being tempted, tested, and tried, he is able immediately to run to the cry of to assist and relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried and who therefore are being exposed to suffering. So, our hope, you know, in the time in which we live, it's very evident. What I'm presenting is we have hope. We have someone who didn't reach out to deliver fallen angels. He's going to judge them. He reached out to deliver us, we fallen creatures, because we were created in the image of God. And uh, the salvation, Christ came to die for, for us. And uh, also, at His resurrection, <laughs> He ascended and sits at the right hand of His Father, waiting for the time when He is going to come and bring righteous judgment on the fallen angels that rebelled with Lucifer at the beginning. Then in, verse, in chapter 3 of Hebrews, I've considered... Um, I want to give hope with what I present about Matthew and the prophecies of our time and the insights. Uh, it can be very disturbing. It can be, um, you know, I don't want. I I know it can be depressing. It's hard. It's not a an easy word. It's an honest word. So I've, you know, thought about well, how do I encourage along with the truth, there has to be encouragement. Well, this is why I picked the book of Hebrews, just one book. The book of Revelation, there is much in that book also that is extremely, I don't want to say positive more than that. It's encouraging. We know that we're going to go through hard times, but, but we know that Christ will keep us. And Revelation chapter 14, you know, these that get the victories uh, in, in all of the seven churches, those who are the overcomers, these get the victories because they, they have taken their experiences with Christ and have, have uh, uh, been careful to keep their faith strong, to have the patience that they need 
to endure all these these traits, these virtues, to keep themselves holy, to be pure, to not have offenses toward other Christians or toward people in general, uh, to follow the Lamb wherever He goes. We have tendencies to go a direction because we're being pushed or pressed or directed. And one of the great strengths of the Christian people is in Revelation chapter 14 about the 144,000 who who stand and have a new song. These are they that follow the Lamb whithersoever He goeth. This is what should be the, should be our uh, experience that wherever the Lord is going, we go. If He's not going, we stay. Um, so, in everything that we do, whether we're ready to make an investment, we pray and we wait for the Lord to lead us. We don't just make an investment to make an investment. We, we always depend on the leading of the Holy Spirit, on the counsel of God, that we're not pushed, we are led. These are they that follow the Lamb, whithersoever He goeth. So to encourage you, here in Hebrews chapter 3, So then, brothers, consecrated and set apart to God, for God, this is true, this is a reality. We have been consecrated at our rebirth, we've been, we become vessels that belong to Christ. We are His. Uh, he gives us, He paid, paid to own us, to secure us from eternal perdition. And we're set apart for God. We who share in the heavenly calling. And this is true. Our calling isn't... isn't uh, it is heavenly. It is not common. It's not uh, just on the earthly plane. No. For we who... And Paul is talking to the those who are faithful. We should all be faithful. We share in the heavenly calling. Through thoughtfully and attentively, we should consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest, Yeshua. He is the apostle. He is the high priest whom we confessed as ours when we embraced the Christian faith. And once upon, upon meeting Christ, we embrace His family. We embrace the faith of all the teachings that Christ has left us through the apostles. These, these teachings are not Again, they're not uh, something common. They're not like studying Aesop's fables, or they're not like studying in the, the, the Encyclopedia Britannica. It's common. It's knowledge. It's a view of the world, things in the world. But no, we have a apostle and high priest, and this apostle is the one who leads his whole family out of the world into God. Out of danger, 
into safety. Uh, I could just keep going. But he leads us from something to something. From a world where there's no hope to a world of great hope. This is what we we have in this great apostle. From no purpose to great purpose. From being just someone getting by in life to someone important with destiny, with great value. And he's our high priest. With the high priest, we become godly. We become holy. And then as we as he as he teaches us, then we become priestly and we can help others around us become holy. We can help others around us uh, know God that you remember the priest had two functions. He would firstly bring God to the people. Then he would bring God then he would bring, I'm sorry, the people to God. That's the duty of the priest. He's our high priest. He brings his father to us and he brings us to his father. So this is our duties. We're just like he is. We're priests. We're a royal priesthood, not not a common priesthood. We are royal. And you hear about the royals over in different countries. No, no. The least in the kingdom of heaven has more royalty than those in the royal palaces that do not know Christ. We have royal, we are royal. We have a calling, a high calling. We have a purpose much deeper than any CEO of any corporation. They're just building an empire. We are recipients and custodians of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are in charge of overseeing the children of God, the family of God, the things of God, the plans of God. Uh, what we have as royalty, we're being trained as God's children to inherit this coming kingdom. We're going to rule. We're going to reign with Him for a thousand years. Those in the church of Laodicea that are faithful, that overcome, they're going to sit on His throne with Him. He, over, he overcame and He sat on the throne. We are going to overcome and we will sit with Him on the throne. Remember John and James, their mother? She came to Christ quietly and said, You know, I, Lord, grant me two wishes. I would that my son, one son sit on your right hand, the other on your left hand. And Christ said, No, that's not up to me. That's not in my hand. That's up to my Father. Well, for those in the church of Laodicean, the Laodicean churches, we evangelicals in America, that is what we, when we overcome, this is going to be exactly our reward. I know that you're thinking, well, really? Well, naturally, of course. I'm going to read it to you. Okay? 
Revelation chapter 3 to the church in Laodicea. We're a lukewarm church, but nevertheless, verse 14, Revelation 3.14, To the angel, the messenger, the keeper of the assembly of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the trusty and faithful and true witness, the origin and beginning of the author of God's creation. I know your, and I have record of your works, that you are, what you are doing, you aren't cold, you aren't hot, I wish you were one or the other, cold or hot, because you're lukewarm, and you're neither cold or hot, I'm going to uh, release you out of my mouth, you're not worthy to be in my mouth, I'm not going to enjoy you, for you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I've grown wealthy, I am in need of nothing. You do not realize and understand that you are wretched, pitiful, 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 poor, blind, and naked. This is the evangelical churches of America, Pentecostal and fundamental. To be simple, we are rich, we know all things, we've prospered, we have wealth, we live in the greatest nation ever in the history of the world. But Christ says you're blind. You're, you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. So he says, Therefore, I counsel you to purchase from me gold refined and tested by fire, that you may be truly wealthy, and white clothes to clothe you and keep you the shame of your nudity from being seen, and salve to put on your eyes that you may see. So he's saying that to buy gold and gold tested by fire, this is divine, the divine nature of Almighty God through testing, through tribulation, through persecution. And this is what comes out of persecution and testing and hardship. Gold is a type of divine nature. Eternal, it can't be destroyed I'm about to end this chapter here those whom dearly and tenderly love I tell the false and convict and convince and resolve and chasten, reprove and chasten I discipline and, and instruct them be enthusiastic earnest and burning in zeal and repent in uh, attitude he who overcomes and victorious I will grant him to sit on my throne as I myself overcame was victorious and sat down beside my father and his throne. James and John, they didn't get to sit on the throne, but we Laodiceans in America, because we're in the land of the Antichrist, we are going to sit with him on his throne. We're going to sit with him. God bless you. God bless this audience. God bless you. God keep you. God prepare you and help you and give you the grace that you need, which is going to be the most magnificent experience of your God that you've ever, that, that you're going to experience. His great, great grace. God bless you. Hey folks, Larry Elder here. The rumors are true. KHNC listeners are loving Y-Refi. They're investing in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or to the Fed. A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. 
and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there is no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. El Dorados, you got to get in touch with Y-Refi. I've met with them personally, and take it from me, the great Eldersky, they are trustworthy, honest, and you can earn a fixed rate of return up to 10.25%. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or call. 888-Y-REFI-24. Click on investyrefi.com or call 888-Y-REFI-24. You will be glad you did. The Tree Farm's early spring tree and shrub sale is going on now with huge savings. Choose from thousands of shade trees, evergreen trees, fruit trees, and more in all sizes, including easy carryout sizes for the do-it-yourselfer. Also, larger trees up to 20 feet tall for your landscaper to plant. Or choose from thousands of flowering and evergreen shrubs, including hedges. And the Tree Farm always has free professional loading. Come see. You take I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the Tree Farm. Hi folks, this is Pastor Bruce Miller with the Foothills Baptist Church family. Join us Sunday afternoons from 3 to 4 for the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. That's Sunday afternoons, 3 to 4, here on 1360 AM. Tejibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit TeheboTeaClub.com. Tehebo is spelled T like Tom, A-H-E-E-B like boy, O, then continue with the word T and then the word club. The complete website is TeheboTeaClub.com or call us at 818-610-8088, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-610-8088, TeheboTeaClub.com. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 a.m., Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. Welcome to the Mike and Doug Show. I'm Doug. Hi, Mike. Hey, Doug. How are you this Monday? Well, I was just sitting back reading some fantasy novels, and 